Hello and welcome back to the Bad Witches and Bitches podcast. We're so happy to have you here. This is a multi-dimensional podcast for the highly sensitive person. We talk about everything from spirituality, witchcraft, relationships, sex, queerness, identity, everything. We interview entrepreneurs, other witches, artists. There's just so much going on here. It's all about the rise of the divine feminine and the rise of the collective conscious to 5D and this new world we're moving into with the age of Aquarius. And I just wanted to be a part of it and get a chance to have so much fun and interview amazing people and interview my friends. Here we go. (laughs) I'm so excited because I've been wanting to do this podcast with Holly and Holly's my best friend and we actually recorded the very first Bad Witches and Bitches podcast and then I never ended up publishing it. So Holly's here for round two, but it's round one for you guys. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. So... Holly and I met in college, and she just graduated with her bachelor's, but we met our sophomore year, my mm-hmm. sophomore year. It was my, like, senior year, I think, at that point, because I've been in college for so long. <laughs> it's, like, five years, five and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So we met in an abnormal psychology class, which really says a lot about our interests and our shared interests. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about belonging and friendship, um about our friendship and our experiences of friendship and belonging growing up and there's just so much to say about this like relationships between like women or feminine people and the things that we have had to deprogram about ourselves Mm -hmm. and then the things that work so we're going to cover a whole broad range of stuff so first I'll let Holly explain just like a little bit about herself yeah um like Cora said, I just graduated with my bachelor's in psychology, and then in spring, I'll start doing my uh, master's program in marriage and family therapy, and I want to be a therapist for that, and hopefully work in the military, and then about myself, I don't know, I just, I love yoga, and average, average white girl, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I like to draw, and that's kind of how I met Cora, and started talking to Cora as we were both drawing, and um, love cats love animals i don't know what else (laughs) yeah that's the gist of it yeah we've really bonded like you said over (laughs) art yeah and holly's an amazing artist like truly so good and um we bonded over that because she was we were both drawing in class yeah and we were like oh my gosh look at those drawings to each other that's what i see yeah it's like usually i see people doodle in class and it's like you know, it's like circles or a heart, and I'm like, oh my god. And then I look over at Cora, and she's doing this like detailed, beautiful bumblebee with like mandala and like girls and like I don't know. I was like, oh my fucking god, this is gorgeous, and like she's got actual talent. I need to talk to her, and I think I said something. I was like, yeah, wow, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. And then Holly also draws like mandalas, kind of just like sketching, yeah. but it's so beautiful, and there's she draws them by hand and they look like they're they've been like computer generated or something (laughs) Um, drawing the dollars since like high school just over and over it's just muscle memory yeah Yeah. they're really beautiful so so yeah like i said we bonded over art and psychology because i'm a social sciences major 
And so we took this abnormal psych class together and learned about a whole bunch of interesting things. <laughs> and our friendship has kind of, it's, it's just gone up from there. And we have known each other now for three years. I think so, yeah. About. about three years probably a little more than that i think i would say less because i only or lived here for two and a half years. Yeah. two and a half years mm-hmm. and within that time <laughs> i went to south africa for six months and i've moved around so we've lived like close to each other we've lived far from each other yeah. and we've still become really close so yeah and as i say too the thing with cora which is different with friends is like when she left for South Africa, I don't think we talked when you were gone, really. Like, sometimes we Snapchat. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. And mm-hmm. uh, when you came back, it was like we continued right where we left off. Like, there was yeah. no awkwardness. There was no, like, differences. It just, we were still ourselves. We were still the same people. Like, I don't know. Of yeah. course, there's growth. But, yeah, that was incredible. That's where I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a friend that I can have forever. Yeah, so that's really what we wanted to talk about is like how the the friendship I have with Holly is the friendship I've been like begging the gods for, <laughs> you know, like growing up I felt so, and I've talked about this on prior podcasts, especially the first one with Elizabeth, I felt so like, it felt really hard to fit in and belong and find people who like wanted to have these deep conversations I wanted Mm -hmm. to have who were interested in art and spirituality and psychology and like really just were interested in learning and talking about why people are the way they are Mm -hmm. and what's really important about life and also sexuality that's something we talk about a lot oh yeah the details and the degree of sex. Yes, yes. And that's so, like, satisfying it and is. awesome to have, um, it's so fun. to be open about it. Yeah, I know. I remember I have friends that I'll be like, I'll talk to them. I'll be like, oh, my God, this one time, like, I was sucking his dick so hard that I was like, and they're like, they just shut down and they just stop. I'm like, oh, I can't talk about this with them. Or I was like, I was talking to Cora about it. She's like, yes, like, tell me more. Like, I love it. Yeah. I love that. That's like where I was, it's so, like you said, it's so satisfying and fun to yeah, just have having that. this freedom yeah. of being able to talk about anything and everything. And if you know me in real life, I am sexually explicit in the in how I communicate. <laughs> and so we've definitely bonded over that. But um, so, yeah, like I was saying is like I always longed for this friendship, the friendship that we now have that's Did easy it. and like I totally trust Holly I don't feel like we were actually, I stayed the night here last night because we're recording this on New Year's Day. And so I stayed the night at Holly's on New Year's Eve. And I was like crying last night because I was like, Holly, I feel loved by you and I don't have to do anything. And this is like a new and crazy, amazing, freeing feeling to have a friendship where I feel like I don't have to do anything to be loved and to be worthy of this friendship. And to me, when you said that, I was like, of course. Like, there's, like, I don't know. It was like, for me, that's just common sense. I'm not going to expect people to be different or to do shit for me, you know? It's just like, just be yeah. you and and be cool and be yourself. And, like, it's so easy for you to be loved and accepted because you're amazing and it's easy Aww. to, like, be friends with you. And, like, you're just so sweet and you reciprocate. So, yeah, it's easy Aww. to do that when you have good people who are your friends. Thank you. Yeah. It's 
it's easy for us, but there's things we've done individually and together that have allowed for this to happen. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about specifically today. So I'm going to begin with asking Col- uh, asking Collie. <laughs> Cora and Holly, that's our ship name, Collie. <laughs> I like that. Um, I'm going to begin by asking Holly a couple questions about belonging and friendships etc so what was your sense of belonging and like your relationships with other feminine people growing up I never really had to deal with like being outcasted that much I remember there's some friend groups where I did and I just would leave that friend group immediately if I felt I wasn't accepted if I felt uncomfortable or outcasted I would just leave because I hated that feeling more than anything so I'd find groups of friends that <clears throat> would never do that, and they would always, almost kind of in a way where, especially when I was younger, I would befriend people who made me feel good about myself. Like, I was, like, more athletic in the group or whatever, and that kind of made me feel like I was, like, the head of the group, you know? Like, I love that. Like, especially elementary school. Like, I always was, like, winning these, like, athletic things, you know, like, in the playground, and I, like, loved that, and then, like, all these people would kind of look up to me, and that was, <laughs> sounds, like, super selfish and weird, but, like, I loved that dynamic. I liked having the, the focus of my friends and to be, like, looked up at as, like, a role model, whatever, um, and eventually it started to, like, fade in middle school where I just wanted to have good friends that just liked me and where I could feel comfortable around. Um, if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. so did friendship come easily to you? Like, did you always have, like, close friends and that felt good to you? Yeah. I mean, sort of. I, up until college, even sometimes now, I would befriend people who had a lot of baggage, and it would turn into really toxic dynamics and a lot of codependency, especially in middle school. I had a friend where... It was more like a really codependent relationship. Like, she didn't want me to date anybody. We constantly hung out every day. And, like, I remember she freaked out one time when I was going to start dating this guy. And she made it not happen. Like, it was really toxic. And when I wanted to leave that friendship, she, like, blew up on me and said I was crazy. And I was going to have, like, uh, do, like, drugs in my life and be, like, a teen pregnancy. Like, all these Mm. really weird stuff. And I transitioned to a different friend who ended up being kind of the same which is funny, but, um, yeah, I, I always had friends, and I always had really close connections to them, but, like I said, up until college, it was toxic, in a way, like, yeah. they're just really hard people, but then, of course, I had my other group of friends who I'm still friends with now, who are awesome, and they're doing great for themselves, and they're, they, like, they're family, so right. I have that little group, too, yeah, yeah, well, it's interesting what you say about codependency, because I think that's, That's something we've talked about a lot, and it's kind of the standard for friendships. Yeah. (laughs) Like, most people think, like, if you're going to be friends, it means that when I need you, you're there. Yes. And And when you need me, I'm there. Too much. And if I'm going through something really intense, you're going to help me feel better. Yes. And that's the relationships I had, like, all of middle school, high school. Yeah. And I find that people like us who are interested in being therapists or holding space for other people or kind of that realm which most feminine people have some kind of interest in that um excuse me but people like that tend to also attract 
the wounded partners birds, and as my mom would yes, say. <laughs> partners and friends who like really want that stability etc yeah. and I didn't come to that realization until you said that because my mom all of my life would be like why do you always choose the wounded birds as friends like literally all my friends were really wounded and I'm like I don't know it's not like I asked them hey did you have a fucked up childhood let's be friends <laughs> like I wasn't like that at all it just happened and I just I couldn't understand why and I thought it was because they didn't they were more real and more accepting of me but Cora like you said you said we have something to give that we like to give like like being yeah. helpers and they have and something they need like you were saying before is you like this position of kind of leadership which yeah. is how I see that what yeah. you really meant by by all of that is that you enjoyed a position of leadership and I yeah. think you are a natural leader where you're like you're able to think for yourself in a way that establishes the vibe yeah <laughs> for the group you know which is funny because some groups I'm like that and a lot of other groups are not like right in that way yeah it fluctuates yeah. based on the dynamics but exactly even so you have someone who's a natural leader and who's also a natural healer and so that means that they're gonna attract people um, who desire that kind of support, but also it's very, very helpful for us, for people like that to learn boundaries and yes. they learn that through these people. And Absolutely. so it's like, I'm not wanting to give the impression that there's one that's higher than the no. other because that's not the case at all. No. We learn from each other. Yes. <laughs> and we learn from each other in, we learn through our relationships and so i yes. think that in adolescence those relationships can be so painful until we learn those really important things yeah and so that's kind of what i'm trying to speak to um in this podcast so yeah so if you if you find yourself being friends with people who are very toxic that's something to consider <laughs> yeah no yeah it'll keep happening until you learn your boundaries yes, and it's it's so funny. It's like something that's so painful, but it's actually quite simple, the solutions to that. Um, so we're kind of are getting into it already, but what are the things that you learned that help address that, that codependency and the, those toxic friends and stuff like that? Like, how do you feel now about the kinds of people you interact with or how you like to interact with others? It's funny because I don't feel like really anything changed. Um, except that when I, when I identify people who have that codependency tendency and that they make me feel bad after I hang out with them or just that kind of toxic energy, now I just, I cut it. I, I end the friendship before it gets too close to where it explodes and it ends really badly with Mm -hmm. bad feelings. Like I had a friend recently who just wasn't, it just wasn't working out. It was just, I noticed I wasn't feeling good after I hung out with them they were making decisions that were hard to agree with for me and it just really stressed me out and I felt not good in that relationship. We were friends for almost a year and pretty close. We were getting really close. And I remember I just told her, I said, Hey, um I just need a I just need a break. I just I just don't wanna be in this friendship right now and I was yeah. just straight up and honest and adult. Whereas you don't have to be like, Oh, I just I'm going out of town. I can't talk, you know, like skipping around the, the, whatever it's called, skipping corners, you know, to, to <laughs> beating get around the want. bush, <laughs> beating around the bush to get what you really want instead of just doing it. Just, if you don't like someone, that's, 
fine. You don't have to be friends with someone because you guys, you don't want to hurt their feelings, which is what I did all my life. Um, and so I wanted to get out of it. And so I did. And it worked out really well. Like, I'm sure it bummed her out and I hated that happened, but I got out of it before things got yeah. ugly and it's been fine. And you're, you're speaking to something important there because you said nothing really changed. You just do things a little different. Yeah. But that's a huge change. <laughs> yeah. Being able to express how you feel to someone, sure. knowing they might be upset. Yeah. It, it's, it's so many things there. First, identifying that after you feel, after you hang out with them, you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. That's like your number one, True. like, um, barometer or ability to feel out whether someone is is good for you or not in your life regardless of the kind of relationship you have with them how do they make you feel like do you feel Mm -hmm. good when you're hanging out with them how do you feel after etc so you identified that and then said oh if I know this I actually I want to feel good so this person making me not feel good or after I hang out with them I don't feel good this means I'm not on the right track so I've got to do something else I'm going to be adult tell her with no you know, no drama, no pettiness, just be straight up. This is how I feel. I need a break. And you say a break because it could change in the future. You're not like black and white about it. And also too, just a quick ad. I didn't, I didn't like bag on her. I was like, I didn't say anything as far as you make horrible choices. I don't like how you blah, blah, blah. It was nothing attacking her. It was just me. I just don't want to be a part of this friendship. She said, why? What did I do? You know? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't, I just need a break. And I just kept saying that. And she kind of tried a few times, you know, to get back in. I just wouldn't respond. And that's all, you know. I didn't attack her. I didn't say anything negative. I just said I just don't want to be in this. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. You left off on getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. Just communicate, being able to communicate your boundaries. And you added on a very important point of not not placing the blame on other people or not making it about your judgment about them. But it's just you're making a choice for yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's so important. So and that eliminates that horrible dread that people have of getting rid of friends is that fighting the, the arguing that negative gut wrenching feeling yes. of a fight, you know, it's just, it's adult. It's just, nope, I just want to do it. Yeah. Just, just yeah. being very clear, owning what you want, which is really hard to do. It's really hard to do. It takes practice or a decision where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be, Worrying more about how others feel than how I feel. Yeah. I'm going to worry more about how I feel than about exactly. others' reactions. And I know it could be hard for people who maybe don't have a lot of friends. Thankfully, I had a lot, a big support. I have a big support group and I have friends to fall back on. So it's, it's losing a friend isn't detrimental. Yes. <clears throat> Where I can see for some people, they may only have that one friend, mm-hmm. you know, who they're super close to. And even though that friend is making them feel bad. Yes. And that's hard. That brings up what we talked about last night. So I am a huge, like I absolutely love Abraham Hicks and I'll, I'll like include their name in the bio on this. But, um, if you're like in the new age spirituality world at all, you know who Abraham Hicks is, but they have like lots of YouTube recordings that I listen to quite often. And last night on my way here in the car, I was listening to one and they said, if you find yourself often caring about what others think, it's because you feel threatened by them in some way. And threatened in the sense of like, you don't feel whole within yourself, therefore you need something from them. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is, like just 
the fact that you could have a friend or maybe you need validation from them, etc. And I don't want to discount like there's normal parts of human interaction and behavior yeah. where we're like we enjoy connection and comfort and support. And I'm not talking about that necessarily, but as you cultivate a relationship with yourself where you're feeling like you can be alone and you can feel moments of wholeness within yourself, you become less and less desperate for for relationships. Even though it's harming you. Yeah. yeah. And without that desperation, you're also not willing to accept things that don't feel good. Yes. And sometimes it's within that desperation that we accept things that don't feel good. Absolutely. And there's a lot of other reasons we accept things that don't feel good, like we feel not good enough ourselves or whatever it is. Um, But it's that cultivating that wholeness within yourself and that wholeness comes from interaction with many different people. We're not putting all of our eggs in In one one basket, basket, so to say. That's what my mom would always say because I (laughs) get so close to one friend in middle school and she's like, you're putting all your eggs in this basket and (laughs) that friendship's going to explode and you're going to have no one. And sure enough... (laughs) She's and right. it's some of it is like a normal part of of human interacting. Exactly. Like you get really excited about a new friend and you get excited about a, a connection and yeah. it feels so good and you want to maintain it. But I think so like moving on to to our friendship, I think what makes our friendship so special is we don't have that. Like yeah. we both have other friends and we have yes. other parts of our life that it feels so good. I like love that. I love knowing that like we could part and you're not like thinking about like when am I gonna see Holly? Like when can I text her? When can I do that? It's like you're doing your thing and I'm doing yes. my thing and I'm not like worrying about you. Like Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is how for sure. my past friendships have been. And it that stresses me out. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah. it's it's created this environment where um it makes it really easy for me to just accept you as you are and not feel like because um, if you were my only closest friend, then I would be more attuned to everything you're saying. I would be more sensitive yeah. to the way you behave and you interact and whatever. Yes. And we've said this. We've actually said this to each other a lot. I'm so relieved that I know you can take care of yourself. Uh, yes. Yes. Dude, that is my number one. Like, as soon as I hear that from Cora, it's like, oh, I can breathe. Because I've been in so many relationships, friendships, where I just feel like I'm suffocating because of that exact thing that you said. It was the opposite of that. Like, I don't know how to put it into words, but it was like, I felt trapped. And I couldn't get out of it. Yeah, the yeah. the codependency side where they're like, yeah. in order for me to be okay, I need you to do certain things yeah. or I need your support. Oh, um, not good. So that's what it is, man. That's why, <laughs> like, our friendship's so fantastic. I love that. Yeah, it's the. I'm confident you can do your life on your own. And so when we do get to come together, it's awesome and so much fun yeah. because we get to do things that we enjoy together, etc. Talk about what we've like grown and what we've learned and did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I guess we're sort of getting to the end here. So like to summarize what I've learned through my relationship with Holly, because like I said, I desired this kind of easy friendship for so long to the point where I thought like is it even possible like (laughs) is it possible to have that kind of easiness with someone or does will it always be difficult and codependent and will I always not be enough and all of that 
And so I'm like, I, we've got to share about this because this is so awesome. So this is how I think we've done it. A, we met. And the reason why we went from classmates to friends is because we like kept reaching out to each other. Cora specifically is so good at this, <laughs> which is why I think she has such a great and diverse and expansive friend group. Like, cause she will not forget about you in the best way. Like, you know, in like college or whoever's in, whoever's been in college before, it's hard to make friends because you don't want to reach out to people because you don't know if they're gonna like you or accept you or whatever. Like, that's how I feel at least. Yeah, so you make there's... like an acquaintance in class, but you're afraid to reach out. Where Cora was just like, "Hey, let's get together for a painting," and she texted me and be like, "Let's do this date," and she set a time, she set a place, and like. And we did it, and it, like you are the reason why I think we're here because I couldn't initiate that. Hmm. So it's hard for me. Well, at the time, <clears throat> I have told you this before, but at the time that we became friends, I was just coming out of a depression, and I'd kind of realized that I had been pretty depressed for a long time. And when I came out of that depression, I was like, you know, I've I'm going to make friendships differently. Like, I have nothing to lose. So why am I not reaching out? I have a lot to learn from you in that aspect. I think a lot of people do. Because that's hard. I have one friend who's like that too. It was hard. It felt scary. Like, I'll say it, it didn't come like... I'm I'm a relatively outgoing person when I'm in the mood to be around people (laughs) like I'm I'm relatively good at talking with people but I've always felt like a little awkward or whatever like that interacting doesn't come like super easy to me because I always felt like um um I don't know I was like (laughs) I don't know I was like stumbling over myself or something this person's so confident she can reach out to me instead of time like oh my god like she's so good with people well so what I did was specifically told myself okay we're gonna do the uncomfortable thing and we're gonna scare ourselves (laughs) and we're gonna reach out and I did that and it was like instantly beneficial because I met you and there's a couple other people I met but I saw how well people respond to you just treating them like a human that you'd be excited to hang out with. And so like, obviously you reach out to some people and it doesn't, it does or it doesn't work or whatever. And so that's where the next, um, like the, the next thing that created this friendship is like friendships take time. Absolutely. (laughs) A, we had a cool connection Uh and then B, I reached out. Yeah. And then see you accepted yep. and were excited, enthusiastic, and open. Yeah. You're open to new friendship. Uh-huh. And then we continued that. And that's good because for me, whoever has, I think I have slight social anxiety. I am terrified of making new friends. Like, it, it, like I get nervous every time I hang out with them. Like, I remember when we went to Flower Child the first time, I was so, like, nervous. Like, I don't know. It's just hard for me because... I don't know if I can be myself. I don't know if I'm being weird. I don't want to, like, ruin the friendship, you know, or, like, I don't know. I was just so, and I think that's, like, an insecurity thing. Because I remember we were sitting at this restaurant, and the tables were, like, facing each other, like, one-on-one. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, that's so intense (laughs) and so, like, intimate. And I'm, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was sweating. And, you know, in the first, like, five minutes, she was, like, I felt fine, you know. Like, you were so eased and made me feel eased. 
But for a while, it was like that. The first few hangouts that we'd have, I'd be a little nervous and a yeah. little anxious. And right. It wasn't anything to do with you. It was all me. Um, and that's so and normal. That's normal. I still, yeah. I still feel like that. Hanging out with people that I'm not like yeah. super comfortable with, I'm still a little on edge. And even with, I have a friend that I've known since we were toddlers, and I, I don't see her sometimes. Sometimes for like almost a year, half a year. And so when I first see her, it's a little bit of that shaky, awkward, mm-hmm. nerve-wracking, and I sense it in her, too, when we first hang out for the... But it's only for, like, ten minutes, and then you get over it. But exactly, relationships take time. Because, you know, now with Cora, I don't ever feel that, like, anxious. Right. Like, I can't eat. I now, I, like, last night I was farting and burping in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> Picking my nose and coughing up loogies because I'm sick. So, like, it just takes time. Yeah, with anything, it does. With any relationships. Because I was the same way with boys, too. I couldn't eat in front of a boy that I first started <laughs> dating for, like, a month. But, yeah, that's just my tidbit on time. It does take yeah, time. Yeah, it does. And I wish I could go back and tell, like, little Cora that. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, yeah. you're not fundamentally so weird that you're <laughs> never going to have good friends. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just learning how to conduct yourself you're just learning how to what's required of a friendship and also things take time and that was like my biggest thing I was so impatient I was like if it's not happening it's because there's something wrong with me or whatever whatever it is so the other thing that I've learned through our relationship is to like not make assumptions about what Mm. other people are thinking or feeling it's another hard one because if you start to make assumptions, then it's like, oh, I'm not going to reach out to them because what if they're at work and then they don't want me to text them when they're at work and like, oh no. And I would, I would think about like all of that. Yes. And then you get spiral and you have a totally different believable view of this person that's totally yes. false. And, and you totally make things up in your yes. head that don't even exist yep. and you convince yourself of them. Yep. And so I also had to tell myself that a lot when we were like first really becoming friends in that like time period of my life yeah, I was okay, like yeah. don't assume things about people don't yes. assume things about people and also it's not your job yeah. like if she doesn't want to text me to text her because she's at work she has to tell never. me and that's so funny because like, that never happens when I ever get a text from you or anybody I'm not like oh why are they texting me <laughs> never. No. right I don't really think anyone feels that way but we all worry about it i know it's weird that's fascinating and then the last thing is boundaries versus acceptance so we talked about a lot about because i've been the same way like most of my relationships have been really codependent and toxic up until like later half of college and in the close friendships i have now but before that they were definitely all super toxic and When I say toxic, I mean we were both not able to be the best versions of ourselves and we were um, feeling uncomfortable or negative emotions more of the time. We weren't feeling like we could just relax and have fun. We weren't feeling like we could be ourselves, etc. That's what I mean by toxic. And those kinds of relationships stop working out in your life when you draw your boundaries And so there's, like, a give and take there. It's, like, I'm not going to accept people who lie to me as my friends. I value honesty, and I don't want friends who lie to me. Okay, so say I have a friend who does lie to me. 
they'll they've never lied to me before that I know of and now I found out they lied to me and now it's like okay we have a conversation why did you lie to me and sometimes there's the ability to have a resolution where you can just accept oh this was something that happened for them this was their defensive mechanism whatever this is like a situation that I can look past they can stay in my life because they apologized and they're self-aware and whatever they want to change and they want yeah whatever they they can identify their behavior they don't want to do that anymore etc so that's an example of being able to accept someone for where they are and who they are and what they're doing but you also draw your boundary in that case i won't accept it if you lie to me again Mm -hmm. versus what we used to do in codependent relationships where oh no worries at all you lied i totally get it no problem like absolutely (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so i just wanted to mention that distinction and i love that holly and i i don't think we've ever had like any kinds of conversations in that way about that but no not that i recall yeah, we've def- we've just been like really upfront in general with yeah. each other. Um Yeah, like oh I remember one time with Cora, like I remember this is something I never used to do with friends, but I felt the safety and trust to do with her. It's like I remember I was at home and I just worked a long day and I was tired. I was like in bed literally, it was like four o'clock and I had like a dinner planned and Cora called and she was like, Hey, I'm doing this event. Do you wanna come with? And normally, you know, if I didn't want to go to something I'd be like, Oh, like I can't, I have work later, or, like, I have a friend coming, like, just, and I lie to myself, and I lie to them, and it makes that trust kind of not there, and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. So with Cora, I was like, you know what, no, I was like, you know what, no, I'm okay, I'm just tired, I want to lay in bed and just cook dinner tonight, and you're like, great, sounds good, I'll see you, like, tomorrow, or, like, whenever we were going to hang out next, and I was yeah. like, wow, that was easy, that didn't take anything, like, I, she totally understood, it wasn't any harm, it wasn't... She didn't read it as, I said no because I don't like her. I, she, I said mm. no because I just, I have a thing that I'm doing. Yes. And that's like. Yes. Okay, so I, that's, that's the, that's the perfect point. When you, when I set myself free of that rejection, when I tell myself, hey, if she says no, it's not about me. Yes. When I set myself free in that way, I also set you free. Yes. And vice versa. Absolutely. And I think that's why we're able to have this like ease-filled relationship. Because when I met you, I made this like new commitment to myself that I would just be super honest with people. Yeah. Because I'll do the same thing. If I don't want to hang out, yeah. I'll be like, no, I have this going on or... I just, I'm really, I've literally told people, I'm just not feeling like yeah. hanging out with anyone today, so I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm canceling these plans. I love that. That should be okay for everyone to say. <laughs> yes. So, <clears throat> I think that's really just, like, everything I wanted to say. Oh, the last thing is when I meet new friends, currently, now, like, how I exist presently, when I meet new people, they say to me, Cora, wow, it's, like, so easy and fun to interact with you like you just have such good vibes whatever and I'm not trying to like brag (laughs) in any way I love hearing you say that because it's true and I'm glad you recognize it because that's a big feat that's a big thank you thank you but what I what I um remind them and what I always tell them is like the reason why I feel like that is because I only choose friends and people and experiences and things in my life that feel good. And so I feel good. And that you can have that too. The only thing you have to do is draw your boundaries. That's it. Like, it's just 
does this feel good? No. Okay, what do I need to do about it? Do I need to tell them that's a behavior I don't accept? Do I need to remove them from my life, you know, with compassion, as you mentioned, like by owning your own feelings, etc. Or what needs to be done? Because the longer you accept things that don't feel good in your life, you don't feel good. Uh And then you get more of that because you're telling you know the universe or the powers that be the gods etc whatever you believe you're telling them all and yourself that i accept this kind of behavior i accept feeling shitty around these friends and so the only thing you have to do to have a bunch of friends that feel really good (laughs) is just only accept (laughs) friends that feel really good and communicate as honestly as possible and reach out as much as possible and Try not to assume how others are feeling and try to just accept people for where they're at and And I think the biggest thing is when you when you speak your heart, you know, if someone's not serving you in a relationship and you don't attack them and you just speak what you feel, like, hey, I, I just don't like how I feel in like yes. in this relationship. Yeah. And you be an adult about it and you don't beat around the bush. And you're straight up they like if they're a mature person they will get it like Mm -hmm. my friend who i had to do that i was like she got it she wasn't like fuck you you're a bitch like that never happened it was just like okay i'm used to it like she just it was it like that was it so as long as you just do that you know it's just that was the biggest thing i learned with getting out of those kinds of relationships is just saying just being honest be truthful say what you feel yes there's no need to hide around that anymore and for so long i have yeah, definitely. And I want to emphasize that um, I'm still learning and practicing these things. Me like, too. it takes a conscious effort to be really honest with people yes. and to communicate really honestly. And I still have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? Or yeah. whatever. So I don't want to give an impression that I'm like, <laughs> we made it. We did it. We, <laughs> we did it. it. Yeah, we're all done. Because <laughs> yeah. that's not the case at all. But. What I really, really just wanted to, like, communicate here is that your relationships can feel good. Like, your friendships can feel good. And it's actually relatively simple. And really, it all just centers around being honest with yourself and others. Putting yourself first, man. Putting putting yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say I feel vulnerable about this podcast because it doesn't feel structured in the way that I usually do them. Um, but I think that it's very, it's a very like raw and honest, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, explanation about how we felt about relationships yeah, and, and the friendships things we've learned, and... which I think could really be valuable to people, I hope. Yes. It would have been valuable to me yes, like yes, four yes. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Holly and I will do, be doing many more podcasts, yes. but I think it would actually be really cool if we did like a questions thing That'd where people cool. could submit questions Ooh, I like that. or like ask for relationship advice yeah. or whatever. And obviously we're not experts. No. Obviously not. But we have some like psychology and social science like background and... Um, some some awarenesses of like masculine and feminine and like relationships and interactions and etc. Intuitive and and we we recognize healthy relationships 
for yes. the most part. So you yeah. have that. And, and I love to, I want to talk about like sex eventually. I think that'd be fun to have like a sex podcast or yes. talk about it. Yes, actually, yeah. that's something I realized that I'd really like to do some more sex education. Yeah. And, um, and just even funny stories. Funny like, stories about yeah. sex. Natural oh my stuff God. That happens, like yes. farting during sex, like all that. Like, it yes, normalizing <laughs> things. Yeah. So. Please, if you've listened to this and you like this and you want to hear more from Holly and I on the topics of sex, sex education, relationships, funny things, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, we would be so excited and so down to talk about those things. So please either DM me on Instagram or email me or whatever. Like all of my information is on my Instagram as well. And let us know if you want to be a part of the podcast, if you have any questions, if you want us to like, yeah, if you have a story you want us to read out and share, um, we'd be super excited to do that. So thank you for listening. This is really fun. I'm so excited. I get to share my amazing friendship with Holly with you all. She is the most amazing, lovely human, and thank I'm just so for grateful that. for you. So thank you for doing this podcast. Yeah, with me. I'm grateful for you too. I'm excited that we got to do this finally. Yes, that was lovely. All right, <laughs> we will talk to you guys soon. Lauren, I thought I was like the most clear talker. <laughs> yes. So we were just listening to the recording, and I thought it was so funny that I had to include it here at the end. But Holly goes. In my mind, I sound so clear, but then I listened to the recording and and what did you go? You remember that? And I'm like, what? In my brain, I was like, remember last night when I did that? But it comes across like, remember last night and I did that? And I'm like, what? Why can't I speak? And then I have like, it sounds like I'm nasally, which I am, but I'm like, oh my fucking gosh. People, it's okay. I just won't listen to it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we were just re listening to it and. I felt the same. I'm like, oh my gosh, I say like so many Me times. Too. And in my mind, I sound, mine's the opposite. In my mind, I sound like I'm stuttering a bunch. And then I actually listen to it and more I clear. sound more clear. So funny. I just thought this was funny. Enjoy this blooper. We love you guys. Bye. <laughs>